I see that we've got some people uh, joining us here on Zoom. The tech people were so wonderful to uh, be able to uh, actually pipe in some people uh, with Zoom. So there's some staff and some key leaders, and it is great to see uh, all of you here uh, right now. Oh, they're waving. It is so good to see you. Uh, because, of course, uh, going through all of this, the thing uh, that I have uh, maybe mourned the most is not getting to see faces. So being able to see faces has been an absolute wonderful thing. So as we get started here, um, you know, one of the things uh, that I have uh, realized is maybe this has been true for you. I've, uh, I've been spending a little more time at home uh, uh, more than usual, maybe. I don't know if that's been true for you all. So yesterday, uh, going through some stuff in the attic, came across these boxes. Uh, it was Chandler and I, and we were going through this stuff. He was looking for something. I found all of these old, old photos. And as I was going through them, I found some photos of my dad from like way back when. Look at this. This was like before I was born, right there. And Chandler and I are going through that. And Chandler looks at these pictures. That's my dad and goes, oh my gosh, that's grand grand. I go, yeah. He goes, he looks so much like me. Of which I was like, or um, you look a lot like him because he was like around before uh, you were on this uh, thing. And, you know, kind of going through that and these pictures were of a time when my dad was out uh, water skiing and thinking about that and sometimes that uh, we actually went water skiing together. There was one trip in particular. It was a uh, I believe it was like a high school retreat and we rented some uh, ski boats. My dad rented a ski boat out of Phoenix and took it over to Roosevelt Lake. And we were uh, water skiing with probably 50 high schoolers and some college students. And when we got out there, it was uh, really interesting because you had people that uh, were uh, brand new at water skiing. You had people that uh, had been doing it for a long time. And there was one person in particular that I remember, a friend of mine, a very athletic, very fit. And as he was uh, water skiing or, or trying to learn how to water ski, uh, there was this interesting thing that happened because uh, everyone was kind of giving him tips on all the things that, you know, what to do, like make sure, you know, you keep the tip up or whatever. And so the first time he gets ready to take off, he takes off. Um, and he just remembers people, you know, telling, okay, so once it gets started, you got to stand up. Well, he stands up, but the tip of his water ski went down a little bit too far. And when it did, it caught like the front of the water and instantly like just like hurled him forward. And he goes, slaps the water and is bouncing along. And that really kind of got stuck in his brain because uh, every time after that, uh, he made sure like the tips of his water skis were up in the air. The problem was it was like he was like plowing through the water. So as he's like going along, like he's just like plowing and he's like muscling along. But you know, you can only do that for so long before like your muscles start getting fatigued. And as the fatigue wore on, like he started fighting it harder and harder. Like he was bound and determined, like he was going to water ski like his first time out. But as his muscles got more fatigued and he got more and more tired, like it just, it reached a point like where it wasn't going to happen. And finally we just stopped and he comes up to the edge of the boat. And I remember he puts his arms up and his muscles had become so fatigued, like he couldn't even pull himself into the boat. And like, there's this lesson out of that, that I don't want us to miss. And it's this thing about fatigue, you know, uh, the answer to the problem of fatigue isn't to fight it more. 
Like, and yet sometimes like that's the thing we want to do. And yet the more we become fatigued, the more we can't fight it. And I share this story because I was looking at a calendar today and uh, we are now closing out week seven, okay? Week seven of being in all of this stuff with social distancing and everything. So here's my question. Are you feeling fatigued? Like, really, I mean this, like you in there. Are you feeling fatigued? I thought so, yeah. It's like we've all been in this, right? You see this thing with fatigue because we've been kind of dealing with this whole thing for all of this time. And it just, it like, it starts to just wear you out and wear you down. And maybe the tendency is to begin fighting this uh, thing in there. And you may be at this spot where like you are just so ready uh, to be over it. And the way to get over it, you think like, I just like, I got to fight through this thing. I want to look at a passage of scripture uh, this morning because Christ has some very specific things to say about fatigue that I want to look at here. And this is found um, in the gospel of Matthew chapter 11. Here's what he says. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here's the thing, friends. I don't want you to miss just like what a shocker of a statement this would have been. Uh, especially coming from like a rabbi or a religious leader in Jesus's day. Because there's a couple of things about this uh, that, that would have been so unusual. Starting with the whole idea that, you know, so often we, we want to see the blueprints for what God has in our life, right? You go through something like what we're going through right now and you're feeling the stress or the anxiety of it. And it's like, you know, God, what are the steps? How are you going to get me through this? And when you look at this passage, one of the things that jumps out right away is that Jesus isn't offering like the step-by-step plan. He's not saying, here here are all the little things that I'm going to do that's going to walk you through this uh, whole thing. Rather, um, he does something entirely different uh, here with this. And maybe to illustrate that, I'll tell you another water skiing uh, story. Uh, one that occurred uh, years after the one with uh, my friend that was trying to learn for the very first time. So one of the things that I wanted to do uh, uh, as a, a young person was I wanted to be able to water ski barefoot, right? Uh, tried it a few times <clears throat> and it ended really poorly because I didn't know what I was doing and the people I was with, none of us knew what we were doing. So years later, uh, ran into someone, actually became friends with someone who was a really good water skier and knew how to barefoot water ski and actually had a boat that was set up for barefoot water skiing. And so he took me out on a calm day on the lake and his lake, I think, or uh, his boat, I think it was called a ski natique and it had a boom on it. So it would actually pull you outside the wake of the boat. And he walked me through all the steps where you would start like this and you'd, you'd like swing around and you'd be on your back and your rear end. And then you'd <clears throat> like pull yourself up, do all this stuff. And so I was going through all of these techniques, doing all of these things, and like I just could not get it right. And uh, any of you who have ever done any uh, barefoot water skiing or even attempted it, you know that 
when it goes bad, when you're barefoot water skiing, it goes bad and it goes bad in a hurry. Like uh, when you mess up, it's not like you're on regular skis and you just kind of, you know, like fall over. It's, it's like your ankle is chained to the dock and the slack runs out, okay? I mean, it's like, mm, and it's like, bam, and your face just goes slamming into the uh, water. And I remember I kept trying this thing and by now my face was starting to get numb for the number of times that like I had, you know, face planted myself into the lake. And, and as the fatigue was just starting to set in, I was getting to that place, uh, like my friend from years and years earlier, where I like, okay, I'm gonna fight through it this time. I'm gonna fight through it this time. And uh, Dan, who was uh, kind of helping me out in this thing, he pulled the boat back around next to me, you know, where I'd fallen off again. <clears throat> and he leaned over the side of the boat uh, before I took the handle and he gave me some of the best advice at that moment. He looked at me and here's what he said. He said, let the boat do the work. Let the boat do the work. And it's like so simple and yet so profound. And like he watched me start this fight thing with it. And it's like, what he meant was, so Glenn, like you're fighting this thing and you're trying to hit your marks and do all the technique thing. And what you're missing is the thing that can really pull you forward and up on top of the water. You're like, you're, you're missing part of this that's super important in this. You need to just relax and let that boat pull you forward and then up on the water. And I kid you not, next time around, I just kind of relaxed a little bit and as that boat started to pull me forward, I just relaxed, I held onto that thing, but it actually pulled me forward and I uh, uh, barefoot water skied for the very first time in my life uh, that day on there. And it all started with just those simple words of, let the boat do the work. And I tell you that story because in a way, it's, it kind of captures a little bit of what I think Christ is saying in this passage, for those people that are fatigued, that are weary in their souls and they're struggling, that th there's, there's something that Jesus is offering that is maybe different than what we think. And I want to just look at that very quickly um, here, uh, back at the passage. <clears throat> Two things uh, that he offers uh, here. Look at this. The first thing he says, one, come to me. You know, what he's not offering is that five-step plan, is it? Quite literally, what Jesus is offering right here is like himself. Come to me. Like, the thing we need most is Jesus himself. And then the other one, he ends that verse with this simple statement. He says, and I, I will give you rest. And what Jesus is doing quite literally there is he's saying, um, I'm the one that can make the change. I'm the one that can change things. And, and, and without going into all the details of how he will do that, what he's saying is, I'll take care of those details. I'll be the one that walks you forward in that. And so I want you to think about those two things that Jesus is actually offering in that moment. Um, what he's saying is, he's the answer. Christ is the answer for the fatigued soul. Christ 
answer for the fatigued soul is himself. It's so simple. And yet it is so profound, isn't it? That when we find those times where the, maybe the natural tendency in you or in me is to like, okay, I got to fight harder. I got to figure this out in this moment. What he's saying is actually, actually I'm the thing that you need. And you know, and I think about this morning um, and this kind of captures the simplicity of everything we would want you to know or understand in this. Like, the beauty of what this passage is, is all about. And if there was any one thing that we would want you to take out of this morning, it's this. Allow Christ to pull you forward. For some of you, uh, like there may be, uh, like you're feeling the anxiety. Like you don't even want to watch the news right now because you feel that tension of, of people that are living in the fear of like, if we open up the country too fast, what, like, what if that causes a reoccurrence? And yet there's this huge tension out there about like, but we got to get things moving and you see protests and things like we got to open the country up <clears throat> and you feel all of that. And it's just like, I don't know what to do. And what I would say is, as you're attempting to navigate that, allow Christ to move you forward. Or maybe you find yourself frustrated or even angry or just there's tensions because like you've been sequestered with the same people and you're like you're getting on each other's nerves allow Christ to be the one to move you forward in that or maybe it's finances like you feel like you're sinking down in the water or no matter how hard you have fought or have tried like it's like you can't get up on top of that water financially and it's this kind of struggle and you're fighting harder and harder. And what I would want you to take out of this morning is allow Christ to be the one to pull you forward. Now, part of this begs this whole idea of like, okay, I get the idea of allowing Christ to pull me forward. But like, what does that look like? How does that work? And what I'd like to do is maybe just spend a few moments here and talk a little bit in a more practical sense of like, what does it look like to allow Christ to pull us forward in this? So um, to do that, I want to look back at this passage uh, here for just a little bit. Um, look back at uh, Matthew 11. This time, look at verse 29 in particular. And uh, here's what verse 29 says. It says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Um, a couple of things out of this. Uh, one, there's this, this whole phrase about yoke that is really important. And there's so many beautiful things about it. But I'm not going to go into that right now. Maybe, maybe a, another Sunday we'll take some time and talk about yoke. But uh, for right now, when you think about yoke, as Jesus uses it here, just think about it as being Jesus's way. Like this, this is how Jesus works and moves. This is that yoke is his way. And there's two things that I want you to get from his way that can kind of become this practical side for how we can allow Christ to pull us forward, even in a time like this where there's so much unknown. Um, and the first one is this. Allow the way Christ sees you to be the way you see you. And, and here's what I mean by this. It's interesting in this passage, he, he tells us something about him in this, right? He says, I'm what? I am gentle 
and humble in heart. Like those are two things that have so much to do with the way Jesus sees you as you're trying to navigate all of this. And, and what I would love for you is to simply be able to see yourself the way Jesus sees you. You know, you think about uh, gentleness for a second. You know, gentleness is this amazing quality of not holding someone with harshness or judgment in something, even if they're doing something wrong, even if they're trying and struggling. I, I think about, you know, someone behind that ski boat and they're trying so hard and yet they mess it up every single time. Gentleness Gentleness is that quality instead of judging them like, oh man, like hang on tighter. You need to do this. You need to, it's gentleness is holding someone with a view of understanding and care and kindness, right? It's, it's that kind of understanding of just like it's their first time water skiing. This has got to be difficult. You, you know what's unique about a unprecedented time of going through a, a pandemic? It's like an unprecedented time of going through a pandemic. We've never gone through this before. Like we're all learning this for the first time. And sometimes it can be easy to just feel like, oh my gosh, I should be doing a better job as a parent navigating this thing. And I should be, you know, I should have this thing worked out with my finances or I can't. You've never been through this before. No one's been through this before. And the beauty of what Jesus is saying here is like, I'm gentle. I'm understanding. Like, like Jesus gets the frustrations of what we're navigating through this whole thing. And one of the ways we allow Jesus to pull us forward is just to begin thinking about how he might actually be seeing you and me. And there's something so freeing about simply being able to understand how Jesus would see us with gentleness. And there's that like quality of grace that goes with gentleness. And that's how Christ is seeing you. Another thing that comes out in this passage uh, that is uh, really, really good. Um, you see it uh, in here as well. And it's this idea of allowing Christ to pull us forward um, in a way that we would learn. In fact, um, look at the verse again. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And so here's what I would say about that. And it's this simple point. Allow the way Christ pulls you forward to become your way. And here's what I mean by that. As you relax and as you allow yourself to see how Christ sees you as God sees you, as he begins to do some of these things in and through you that pulls you forward, there's this kind of beautiful mystical thing that happens that that we're actually learning from that. And, and here's what I mean by this mystical thing, right? There's this wondrous thing that we see throughout scripture where it describes this idea that every follower of Christ has the very spirit of Christ woven into our souls and our hearts in some mysterious way, something that I, I can't answer with a physics question, but it's an actual reality. That Christ is in you. And the beauty of it is Christ is in you and in me in some beautiful way that doesn't um, uh, remove the freedom of who we are and the choices we can make. Yeah, Christ is in us and working in ways that allows us to still be 100% who we really are. 
And yet the mystery of it is he can still work through us. So think about this for a moment. Think about like maybe that one thing, I don't know, that you're struggling through in all of this. Maybe, maybe it's the anxiety uh, or worry over maybe that you'll get sick or someone that you love or know is going to get sick. And there's a part of you that's maybe frustrated. Like you just think, oh, I wish I could handle this with less anxiety and more trust. And well, you know, I know this is true. Christ who is in you is so perfectly capable of handling that anxiety. The Christ that is in you knows how to navigate those fearful things in life. Like, because he's Jesus, right? Like, and that's like a cool thing. Um, but so like, this would be my challenge to you. Like embrace the fact that Jesus who knows how to handle all of that is actually in you. And what would it be like to just relax and allow him to somehow be the one that would guide and pull you forward in handling that anxiety? Maybe it's about making a decision and you find yourself paralyzed from the anxiety in making that decision. So begin to pray and just say, uh, Jesus, would you help me make that dis decision despite the anxiety I feel? Like just allow Christ to do his work in that somewhat mysterious way to actually navigate that anxiety. And I think what you'll find is that that actually begins to happen. I think that you'll find that maybe it's, uh, maybe there's someone in your life that you love, but you've been around them a whole lot lately, right? And loving them isn't, uh, been as easy as it was eight weeks ago when you didn't have to be around them all of the time, right? But you know who knows how to love that person like really, really well? Jesus does. And what would it be like to say, Christ, would you help love that person in my life in ways that I just, I'm fatigued and I'm tired and I'm struggling to love that person the way I would like to? but would you love them through me? And here's the, here's the key about the learning part in this. As Christ begins to do that in your life, ask him to teach you to do that so that his way of loving that person, his way of navigating that anxiety, his way of navigating that frustration in your life, that you actually learn and grow from that, that it becomes your way, like truly your way, that it, it's woven into the fiber of your mind and your heart and your being. Let me illustrate that in a different way. So I was thinking back to these pictures and <clears throat> looking through uh, all of these pictures here. And as I was going through all of these different pictures of my dad, um, I found like some of the coolest pictures. Like there's a picture of him uh, on a motorcycle here. And there's a picture of him in front of one of his first work trucks. And, and I remember my dad, uh, he like loved to build things. And uh, there's pictures of him uh, out exploring all over Arizona. And there's pictures of him out uh, fishing in lakes. And I'm looking at all of these different things about my dad. And you know, they're all the things I love to do. Like there's this part of my soul. 
I love to explore. I love hiking. I love the outdoors. I love building things. I love welding things. Even if I don't weld them like well, I still like welding things or building things out of wood and just doing stuff. I love being out and fishing and hunting and camping. And what I realized looking through all of these pictures, like there was something about my dad dragging me all over the Arizona desert and mountains, all the times he pulled me into the garage to help him build something or work on something. Like I didn't know it at the time, but I was learning something. Like there was a part of it where I was becoming like that. And I got to make choices about it. There'd be things that my dad loved to do that I was just like, I don't like to do that. I'm not ever going to do that. And yet there are all these other things all of these like other things that over the years doing them with my dad, having him help me do them, like they became me. And so there's like this beautiful thing, this beautiful thing about letting Christ pull you forward in a time that you're struggling, in a time where you don't know how to navigate an unprecedented time. And by the way, give yourself grace for that because it's an unprecedented time, right? But as Christ pulls you through this unprecedented time of being a parent, of being a spouse, being a family member, an unprecedented time of figuring out work and finances and being a friend, what if one of the most beautiful things about having Christ pull you forward during this time is who you're learning you want to become. What if Christ's way in you right now is actually becoming your way? And so what I want to challenge you with is pay attention to that. In fact, maybe take one thing. Take one thing this week that you know you're struggling with and that you're going to ask Christ in that mysterious way that only he can do where he's going to actually live and work through you, whether it's loving someone else, whether it's making decisions, even when you uh, feel nervous or anxious about them, maybe it's frustration and you're just learning how to calm down from that, whatever it is. Here's my challenge uh, to you this week. Make a mental note. In fact, do more than a mental note. Actually write it down somewhere. Pull out a piece of paper, write it down and say, this is what I'm going to ask Christ to do as I walk through my week, okay? And here's what I want you to do. By Wednesday, go back and look at that thing you've been praying about and ask yourself, has Christ been walking uh, me, pulling me forward through this, forward and up on top of the water there? Is there something I'm actually learning how to do better? Something that Christ is so good, so beautiful at, and he's actually making it my way. Because I think what you might find is, there's something about what's happening even in a time like this. That Christ is not wanting to just pull you forward through this. He's wanting to pull you forward and up on top of the water to actually become more and more like him. You know, I think about this series, uh, Tether, and it was all about how we can tether ourselves uh, to these things that 
makes such a huge difference, especially in a time like this. And this morning was really all about that. It was about being tethered to Christ in this beautiful and unique way. And I hope that as you think about this morning, you think about just as you have tethered your heart to Christ, may you experience him like pulling you forward in whatever it is that you face. Now, before I close this in prayer, just a a couple of thoughts that I want to just turn your attention to. Uh, One, I was told that we had a number of audio issues uh, when we uh, had the kids program with Kids City uh, before the service started. And so we are going to repost that. So if you didn't get to experience that and you, uh, you wanted your kids to be able to see that, we will repost that so that they can see that. And then the other thing, that I would just encourage all of us to participate in is the drive this Tuesday is all about uh, those care packages for Oral Valley Hospital. Uh, And we're gonna get to just bless them in the most amazing ways. Um, And I believe on the screen below me, uh, you'll see uh, all the different things uh, that you can bring for those care packages. So uh, maybe between now and Tuesday, collect some of those things, figure out what those are. And then Tuesday, uh, together, Uh, We'll bring those to that drive and then we'll bless all of those people at Oro Valley Hospital who in so many ways are on the front lines of uh, what we're going through. And it becomes a way that we, um, we get to be a part of what Christ is doing to pull uh, everyone forward and to be a part of that, to be tethered to that. Like that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, it has been an absolute joy uh, to just be connected to each and every one of you, even if it's uh, been through this uh, online. Um, Let me uh, just close us out this morning with a time of prayer. So if you would uh, just bow your heads with me, wherever you are right now, and let me me pray. Father, uh, we are so grateful for the beauty and the uniqueness of your son, Jesus Christ, and what he brings that his answer for whatever it is that we're seeking to negotiate or navigate is himself. That there is no greater gift that we could receive. There is no greater offer that we could ever have than to have our very souls tethered to your son, Jesus Christ. And for that gift, we are so grateful and so blessed, God. And we pray this in his name, amen.